Dear listener, welcome to your favorite new life program. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Maangi. Msavi Mtesh is on standby with the health segment. Today, she will talk about tonsillitis. Thereafter, Brother Stephen will be joining us during the Bible segment to talk about faith and fear. But first, let us listen to Parkland's Youth Choir with the song, Singing a Song. Welcome back, dear listener. It's time for the health segment with Msavim Teshi. Be blessed.
listener, welcome to our program, Health Nuggets. I am your presenter, Musavi Muteshi. Today, I would like to talk with you about tonsils. Your tonsils are the two oval-shaped pads of tissue that you can see at the back of your throat when you open your mouth wide, one pad on each side. Because your tonsils produce white blood cells that fight infections, they are your body's first line of defense against the viruses and bacteria that attack you by entering your body through your mouth. Their job makes your tonsils themselves particularly prone to inflammation and infection, or what we call tonsillitis. The tonsils' immune functions lessens after puberty. This may explain why tonsillitis is so commonly seen in children up to the mid-teenage years, but only rarely in adults. Symptoms of tonsillitis include redness and enlargement of the tonsils, white or yellow patches on their surface, a fever, and a sore throat making swallowing painful. There may be swelling of the tissues of the neck, and in young children who are unable to describe how they feel, signs of tonsillitis may include unusual irritability, a refusal to eat, and drooling because it hurts to swallow. Viruses cause tonsillitis more often than do bacteria. It is important to identify the cause accurately because their treatments are different. Making the proper diagnosis starts with your doctor using a lighted instrument to look at the back of the throat, gently feeling the neck for swollen glands, and examining the ears and nose, the other possible sites of infection. A complete blood count can indicate whether the infection is more likely caused by a virus or a bacterium. The doctor will rub a sterile swab over the back of the throat, taking a sample of secretions that can be examined for the presence of the bacteria that cause tonsillitis. Many clinics are equipped with machines that can return such a test result within a few minutes. A second, more reliable test may also be done. Results take one to two days. If the test comes back negative, the tonsillitis is almost certainly a virus infection But if the test comes back positive, the infection is bacterial. One of the goals of tonsillitis treatment is to control the pain. Aside from that, it is important to treat the inflammation or infection itself promptly and vigorously. Left untreated, the inflammation can make it difficult to breathe and it can obstruct breathing during sleep. Also, infection can spread into the tissue surrounding the tonsils with the development of pockets of pus in the neck. Life-threatening complications can also develop if the infection is left inappropriately treated. As an example, one bacterium that causes tonsillitis is also responsible for the life-threatening condition we call rheumatic fever, an inflammation of all of the layers of the heart and a major cause of later permanent damage of your heart valves, of inflammation of your joints, and of kidney damage that results in failure of your kidneys to remove waste and excess fluids from your body. Surgery to remove the tonsils was once the most common treatment of tonsillitis. It is now performed only if a tonsil infection doesn't respond to other treatments, if it causes serious complications or if it occurs more than six times in one year. So, What can you do for yourself to ease your pain and promote a better recovery? If your tonsillitis is a viral infection, antibiotics are not helpful and your doctor will not prescribe them. Appropriate treatment will limit the pain, but your body's own defenses must destroy the virus. 
the inflammation will likely be better within 7 to 10 days. While suffering, the severe symptoms get plenty of sleep and rest your voice. Drink plenty of water to keep your throat moist and prevent dehydration. Drinking warm liquids such as broth and caffeine-free tea or warm water with honey. Mix one teaspoon of salt in a glass of warm water, gargle and then spit it out. This will soothe a sore throat. Also, moisten the air you breathe by boiling water and breathing in the steamy air it creates or by using a humidifier if you have access to one. Finally, keep your home free from cigarette smoke and cleaning products that can irritate your throat. You can buy medicines at a store that are designed to help you fight the inflammation, minimize throat pain and control the fever without a doctor's prescription. Try them. But talk to your doctor about prescribing stronger medicines if those non-prescription medicines prove inadequate. If your tonsillitis is caused by bacterial infection, these same simple treatments are helpful as an addition to a course of antibiotics. Your doctor will prescribe a course of antibiotics for you to take. Penicillin that you take by mouth for 10 days is the most common antibiotic used. You must take the full course of antibiotics as prescribed, even if the symptoms go away completely before the antibiotic course is completed. Failure to take all of the antibiotics as directed may result in the infection worsening and spreading to other parts of your body, increasing your risk of developing life-threatening complications. God created our bodies with a delicate immune system designed to protect us against invasion by deadly viruses and bacteria. The best way we can prevent the system from becoming overwhelmed while it does its job is to practice good hygiene. That means washing our hands thoroughly and frequently, especially after using the toilet and before eating. It means avoiding the sharing of our food, drinking glasses or utensils with anyone. Additionally, we can prevent spread of our viral or bacterial infections to others by coughing or sneezing into a tissue and then washing our hands or when necessary, coughing or sneezing into our elbow and then washing our hands. Health Nuggets is written by Dr. Richard Yukel, a medical doctor working in the United States. The medical views expressed in this program are his and may differ for your particular health needs. If you need medical advice, please consult a medical professional in your area. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to listen. I hope that you're enjoying the program. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. For views, comments, or questions about the show, you can write to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276, code 001 Let us now have an item from Parkland Youth Choir entitled, Holy Highway.
It is now time for the Bible segment. Join me as I invite Brother Steve Rundu. Welcome, Brother. Our key text comes from the book of Joshua chapter 15, reading from verses 13 down to 19. In accordance with the Lord's command to him, Joshua gave to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, a portion in Judah, in Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron. Arba was the forefather of Anak. From Hebron, Caleb drove out the three Anakites, Seshai, Ahiman, and Talmai, descendants of Anak. From there he marched against the people living in Debir. I will read down verses 16. And Caleb said, I will give my daughter Aska in marriage to the man who attacks and captures Kiriath, Sefer. Othniel, of son of Kenaz, Caleb's brother, took it. So Caleb gave his daughter Aska to him in marriage. One day when she came to Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. When she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What can I do for you? She replied, Do me a special favor. Since you have given me land in the Negev, give me also springs of water. So Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. In the relatively young world of the Old Testament, resource allocation and scarcity were virtually unknown concepts. The glaring exception in the Middle East of the day was, of course, water, drought, famine, and the importance of wells and springs are repeated in Old Testament themes. In the dust bowl years of the 1930s, much of Oklahoma and Texas panhandle experienced a decade of devastating drought. A southern pastor understandably reflects every time a farmer sowed his fields, he was likely to spend a month's salary in seed. He described the plight of a fictional farmer, Jeremiah Larry. After five straight years with no income, it was getting to the point where Jeremiah couldn't afford to keep up the routine much longer. He considered his odds of being wiped out again if he mustered the courage to replant. Like countless farmers in his shoes, Jeremiah was battling an unusual form of anxiety. During the normal growing seasons of the wet years, it would have seemed senseless to stockpile seed during planting time. But under the strain of the times, many farmers were developing a psychological aversion to sowing. Stanley relates this story from the time of the dust bowl years to the financial situation believers face today. You and I live in a dust bowl. Every day we brace ourselves from the impending devastation that could sweep across the financial landscape and wipe out our stores of seed. In our world, the what-ifs manifest themselves in circumstances such as diminishing retirement accounts, unexpected expenses, and worldwide economic turmoil. We stuff wet rugs around the cracks in our portfolios and hope for the best. In the midst of it all, we have a crop to produce, a spiritual crop. Like Jeremiah Clary, we have limited supply of financial seed for sowing in God's kingdom. Perhaps you once dreamed of sowing fertile fields of generosity, but reality has taught you to be more cautious. What if I give away too much? What if there is not enough left for me? What ifs? It's important to realize that fear and faith often go hand in hand. 
by nature, when you pursue a growing faith, you increase your exposure to potential fears. It's not accident that the Bible addresses this condition head on. There is no drought when it comes to verses designed to help us let go of our fears and embrace our God-given calling to be generous stewards rather than fearful owners. In Matthew chapter 6 verses 33, Jesus assures us that when we seek his kingdom first with our seed, we need not fear being wiped out. Now my listener, in what ways are you living in dust bowl years? What resources are at a premium in your world and what fears affect your financial decision towards the ministry of God? Let us pray about this. Our Lord God in heaven, please, we ask you to help us to remember that there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, as you have said in your book, the Bible. Lord, give us strength to have faith even in stewardship, even in turmoil times, Lord, to give enough and to avoid the what-ifs in our life. We thank you, Lord, for the abundance that you have given unto us, and we return it to you. For it is in the name of Jesus that I pray, trusting and believing. Amen. Dear listener, we have come to the end of our program. Thank you for keeping me company. For your views, comments, or questions about the show, write to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 4276, code 00100, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at Until next time, may our God be with you. I've been a presenter, Samuel Mangi. Remember, stay home, stay safe. Let's join hands to fight corona together.
Thank you. 